If you would love to support us, you can over on Kofi, K-O-F-I. Head on over and buy Rachel and I a cup of coffee to help us keep the podcast on the air. You can also join the VIP Royal community, which is £4 or roughly 6 bucks monthly. And for that, you get a Zoom call with Rachel and I every month and also an exclusive Facebook group. So come on over, K-O-F-I. The link is in the show notes. Grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and, and let's keep, keep up with the, the Windsors. Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up the Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. And hello, Royal Community. Today's episode is the last in our summer series and it's going to be about one year on from the Queen passing away. What a year, show it's been. I can't believe it's been a year already. I know. It's, it feels like it's flown past, but it also feels like a, a whole year. I know that sounds really bizarre, but if I think about it too much, I can see the passage of time. But then when we were thinking about doing this episode today, it was like, wow, has it really been a year? Exactly, exactly. So Royal Community, today's episode, we are going to just sit down and have a chat. It's going to be me and Rach, and then we would love to know your thoughts over on Instagram. So head on over to Keeping Up With The Windsor's pod and give us your thoughts about some of the themes and questions that we chat about in today's episode. We're not quite sure how long this episode is going to be. It's not going to be heavily edited. It's just going to be me and Rach as royal fans, having a discussion about what life is like one year on. As Rachel mentioned, this part of our summer series, which are pre-recorded episodes, and we will be back to normal scheduling next week, which actually is going to be quite strange, isn't it, Rach? Because we all know that they'll be back to... Probably the Royal Hobnobs being back to work for about six weeks before we (laughs) get going. She probably didn't even have a summer off. But let's get going with today's episode. On the 8th of September 2022, at 10 past three, Queen Elizabeth II passed away at her Balmoral home, surrounded by members of her family. She was 96 years old. Two days previous, she had welcomed in her 15th UK Prime Minister as her last official public duty as monarch. Over the past year, we have been grieving the loss of one of the most beloved monarchs in our history and arguably one of the most famous people in the world whilst accepting the newly crowned King Charles III and Queen Camilla. Yeah, and it's been such a year of transition, hasn't it? So why don't we start off then, Rach? It's been a year since her death. What's your thoughts? One year on. It still doesn't seem real that she's gone in in a sense because we're still seeing to this day photos, footage of her, especially being part of the royal community. Those images, they pop up daily. And it's interesting because a lot of things have changed, but a lot of things still at the same time have stayed the same. And that's where the continuity of the monarchy comes in. Yeah. I mean, even the last week of engagements before the summer break, the King and the Queen awarded the Queen's Enterprise Award, which was given in 2022. So you can see that still uh, her work is not finished yet. It hasn't been completed. And I think that's something that we never see from behind the scenes, that the monarch is always working maybe two, one or two years ahead 
of what they're actually doing. So it's a big thing. This this is a massive transition. I think right now I feel really proud of the Queen. And I know I always felt proud of the Queen. Sorry, when we say Queen Royal Community, we mean Queen Elizabeth II at the moment. (laughs) Otherwise, we'll just be saying her name constantly. We'll say Queen Camilla if we mean Queen Camilla and the Queen for Queen Elizabeth II, just because it's her special today. Uh, I'm really proud of the Queen because now we're seeing not just who she was, how she reigned, but actually like we're seeing her legacy. And I couldn't be prouder to have lived under the reign of her, to be honest. And at the time when she passed away, there was such a feeling of love throughout the world for her. And we said it time and time again on the podcast, even if you wasn't a fan or particularly agreed or liked the monarchy, there was a sense of respect for her because she had fulfilled that role for 70 years. And that's an achievement itself, isn't it? It is. And a lot of people, and you probably, Royal Community, have heard it on social media outlets, on TVs, when she passed away. People were like, why am I crying? Why is this a big deal? It's a big deal because she was the stable. She was the stability. She was the monarch. Well, she was the matriarch. Exactly. That is going to be unsettling, isn't it? And she was a constant in our lives. Like we've grown up with the queen. We haven't known anything other than her. For that transition to happen to then King Charles, it was really jarring for us because we had known no different. And I, Royal Community, I am going to level with you. I was very nervous about King Charles becoming king. I think in a way because I didn't really know very much about him and he wasn't very popular. Obviously, he wasn't bottom of the list, Maybe was he ever bottom of the list, Rach? No. no. But I just didn't know how he was going to be. So I guess the next thing to ask, Rach, is has there been anything surprising that you've maybe seen or felt or even experienced since the Queen passed away? I don't think there's been anything surprising. I think uh not it's, it's not surprising, but I think how much she's missed. Like we knew she would pass away one day, but in a way it felt like she would live forever because she has always been there. She has always been that constant in our lives, like we've just said. So in a way I was preparing myself, but I wasn't prepared at the same time. Mm. And then when it happened, I remember, Shell, you and I were that those few days leading up to it, especially when she met Liz Truss at Balmoral. And we were like, oh, wow, she doesn't look great here. She looks quite frail. Yeah. And then when we were getting the news reports a couple of days later, we were constantly on the phone. We were like, this is it. This, And we had that feeling that she had passed away, but they just hadn't announced it. And that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah. And we'd had these conversations maybe months before her passing that we were bracing ourselves, like trying to do a bit of research behind the scenes because she did look frail. And it was hard for us because Royal Community would message us and say, do you know what's going on with the Queen? She looks like she's getting progressively worse. This might be her last month or last year or whatever. And we kind of had to, not that we had any intel, but we, you just know, don't you, as a person, and if you possibly have seen somebody passing away, it's, I just couldn't believe she was still working. <laughs> I know. It was incredible. She just stopped. And I think a lot of you rural community have started listening to us since the Queen's passing. But we said when... Prince Philip died, that he was the love of her life. They had been together for over 70 years. And that in itself is such a feat, such an incredible achievement. For her to lose him, that's when we was like, okay, we don't think she's going to go on for much longer. But 
when we had the Jubilee, the Platinum Jubilee, it was like she has to be here for that. And even Prince Charles at the time said she's basically holding on because of all of you. That's We was at that Platinum Jubilee party at the palace, weren't we? Yeah. And that speech he gave and he said, my mama, she's here for you. Yeah. It's the thing that gets her up in the morning. Yeah. And I think she knew deep down, I have to make it because so many people are looking forward to this. Yeah. It was such a special moment. I think as well, it was that massive celebration of her reign, but actually it was also a celebration of her life. If you've seen any of our Jubilee vlogs over on YouTube, you know, we would have expressed our in the moment feelings then, but there was even a moment, Rach, where we just, we kind of had to take stock in the fact that even when this celebration is about her, it was actually about the people and it was always about the people. Two days up until she died, she was still monarch. She was still fulfilling the duties of the 15th prime minister. It's remarkable, especially when we know what we know about her illness now. My most surprising thing, Rach, was actually the protesters and how like how negative things have been afterwards because they they won the revolution don't they so i think for me that's something that since the queen has passed away i was quite surprised at, actually M- maybe in the back of my mind i knew it would happen but me just the sheer like most engagements we see there's a not my king thing and we just never saw that with the queen and i think that for me was a little bit surprising how do you think her death was handled by the institution do you think it was a smooth transition Um, When she passed away, there was a lot of chatter online, which actually made me feel quite dysregulated, I guess, because I felt so sad about her passing away. And then you've got people who were celebrating that King Charles is king. And I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't deal with that transition. And I got a bit angry about it. And I think I even said on the podcast... I know he's king. I accept that he's king. I just can't talk about him being king right now because (laughs) I need to grieve. There's just this massive hole that's been left. And when I looked at maybe, for instance, we know that when Queen Elizabeth's coronation happened, it was, what was it, 15 months after her father died? And don't quote me on that. I might be wrong on the 15 months, but it was over a year from his death. But I thought to myself, that is a long time. Why is that? Because obviously, as soon as he passes away, the Queen's Queen now, you know, that accession happens automatically. But the coronation seems a big distance away. And I now know why, because I've lived through it. And we need time to grieve. We need time to accept, especially from a 70-year reign, accept that she's gone and then see the king. And what was a very good move, I would say, from King Charles was we didn't see him on the first day. We saw him on the second day. And it was, I think, a passing of the baton. But that little bit of grace period was obviously for him in his grief, but also for us. Because, Rach, when they put the proclamation outside Buckingham Palace to say she's passed away, the king and queen will be in Balmoral. You and I, were, I, I started, I was like welling up. I was like, oh my God, the king. We was on the phone to each other and I couldn't even get the words out, could I? Yeah. I was just like, I was literally sobbing. I was just like, I can't believe this has happened. Yeah. But I think what you're saying is very true. And I think it's been quite a smooth transition in the sense that the institution would have been planning for this for a very long time. 
they knew it was eventually going to happen. So there would have been a system in place of what was going to happen and on what day and the where the king would be, for example. But I think in, in my acceptance came when we had that brilliant first speech and he's addressed the nation. And I'll never forget sitting down watching it. And I've got chills just thinking about it. And it said, he's majesty, the king. And it just yeah. blew my mind. And I was like, wow, we now have a king. And it's quite emotional to think about it because, as we said, that the Queen is all we've ever known. So to now have a man on the throne, we've never known that. And it's quite different in that sense as well because, like you said, she was the matriarch and now we've got a patriarch. It's a massive change. It really is. I really enjoyed watching the proclamation and I think that was a very good way of transitioning us. And you had the the town criers, you had the, the fanfare for me that was the first shift in my mindset not in seeing king charles as king because he was obviously but i think in accepting that this is the way it's going to be because now i accept it but it's taken me months royal community i know that sounds silly but i did really go through the grieving process with the queen (laughs) it did happen and what's interesting about the proclamation is what I loved was that it was televised and we were yeah. getting that snapshot of behind the scenes as such because the monarchy, it needs to modernise and move over time. But that was brilliant, the sense that it was televised because from nobody knew, unless she was there, what, what went on in the proclamation. And I, I just felt watching that, we saw Queen Camilla and then Prince William, who obviously when the king did his address to the nation, announced that William and Catherine would now become the Prince and Princess of Wales. And it was just quite jarring in the sense that you had the new king and the new Prince of Wales. And then William's watching this and he's going to go through that. And then George will be in exactly in his place. And again, that just really was like, wow, we are witnessing something incredible. We are witnessing history right now. Yeah. And I think, to be honest, there is a big tick for the institution for that. Personally, I think on social media, it wasn't for me. Feel I didn't feel like it was handled as well, but you've got no control over the social media. People do and say what they want to say. And so I actually came off kind of looking into all that stuff, especially for the first four months since her passing, because I just couldn't handle it. Because I guess in a way, Rach, maybe this is how it felt to me. I just felt sad that people would celebrate King Charles, even though they should. But he is king because someone died. And Mm. that person who died was someone who we've known for all of our lives. It was weird. It was weird. And also what you've got to remember as well is that was his mother. Yes. And he's taken on that role. And that's the role that he's been born into. He's been waiting for this. Not that he's been waiting for his mother to pass away. But all of his life, he's been told one day you will be king. Yeah, it's got to be such a hard transition for the family in particular, because that is actually one of their busiest times in the middle of a family crisis. Their matriarch has just passed away and all of a sudden it's no holds barred. It's just the busiest time ever. The king, the amount of engagements he did in that first month was just extraordinary. Well, even in that first week, don't forget him and Camilla, they toured, they went to Wales, they went to Northern Ireland and they went to Scotland and obviously parts of England as well, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, anyway, answer to your question there, Rach. I actually think the institution got it spot on. As a royal fan, it took me a lot longer than the average person 
But I also think doing this podcast and keeping up to date with the engagements that actually helped me to transition a lot better. So Royal Community, I hope we've helped you in some way transition into the Carolean era because it was a big deal, wasn't it? It really was. So Rach, we're going to get a bit soppy now, but what do you miss about Queen Elizabeth II not being around? I think just her general presence, just seeing her, like, because we started this podcast two years ago, we've been following her weekly engagements. Even in lockdown, we were to get in the Zoom calls, which I loved. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just so bizarre just not to see her. But I think over time, we're starting to see these changes. And especially living here in the UK, it might be different in other countries around the world or maybe even Commonwealth countries. But we're slowly being drip fed this change. And I think the way the change has progressed has been really good because it's not been rushed. And again, that gives you time to grieve and get used to King Charles instead of the Queen. But she's an icon, Shell. Absolute icon. Absolute Absolute icon. There's no one like her in this world. There will never be anyone like her in this world. She came to the throne at age 25. And especially in the time in the 50s, for a woman to have that position and the grace and the dignity that she showed throughout her whole life. And we've said it time and time again, Royal Community, we know a lot about the Queen, but we don't. Like the Queen never gave interviews. It's just one of those things where we didn't know the person, but we felt so sad when she passed away. We loved her. But if you've listened to our podcast episodes when we were talking about the Queen's passing, we were crying, Shell. (laughs) Like, it was such a blow to us, wasn't it? It was. And if you are new, Royal Community, and you want to listen to those, I will put some of those past episodes in the show notes. So just scroll up on your phone and you'll be able to just click on and it'll take you to a past episode of ours. It was emotional, wasn't it? It was so emotional. And I think it was just the outcrying of love from the people when she came from Balmoral to London and people were lying in the streets people were getting out of their cars on the motorway just to see the cavalcade pass well people queued up 13 and a half hours to see a lion <laughs> in state that was us royal community that was us but again that was something where we felt as royal community members we need to do this. Like we can't let this moment in history pass. And we wanted to say thank you for your service. Thank you for fulfilling your duty. Something that was never meant to happen for her. She wasn't necessarily going to be queen. But unfortunately, because of the abdication, it then fell on her shoulders. And King Edward VIII has got a lot to answer for really, hasn't he? Because had he not abdicated then she would have just been the Duchess of Edinburgh and had a lovely life with her kids. But everything changed. Everything changed. I mean, I think eventually she would have been queen because Edward and Wallace Simpson, they didn't have children. Yeah. So she would have been, but she would have been a lot older. She would have lived a life. As I said, she was 25 at the time. She had two young children. And that was just such an adjustment for them. Such an adjustment. I think I miss her quick wit because she had some (laughs) real quick wit. I just loved her real gentle approach during engagements. And I tell you what, Rach, I was just thinking this recently. How hard must it be to be the queen of small talk and also get the emotional intelligence right where you're interested enough, but not enough that you're favoring somebody else? So you all feel like you matter, 
during an engagement. And she could be meeting up to 100 people during the engagement, regardless of what their stature is in life or what they've achieved or who their father and mother may be or whatever. Everyone needs to be just as important, but also there is a hierarchy. It's such a teetering edge and she got it spot on. I just loved seeing her on engagements. What was amazing, I think, in the last two years before she passed away, we had those statements from Buckingham Palace saying she would be on more engagements with other family members. She might potentially be cutting back and doing more Zoom calls. And we were all for that, weren't we, Rach? I've said a million times, I think at a certain age, you should be able to go, I'm passing this on to the other members of the working role family and I'm taking a break. But in our monarchy in, in particular, she just didn't have that choice. Yeah, and that doesn't happen. You don't have a break, even though they have summer breaks, for example, like they're on now. The king isn't on a actual break. He's still receiving daily papers from the government. We're just not yeah. seeing him on engagements. Exactly. So then the break is they're not permitted to be anywhere other than what where they want to be for that amount of time, but there's still paperwork to be done. Yeah. <laughs> I also miss like just knowing more about things that she loved. I loved seeing her at the horse races. I loved seeing her, especially at the Windsor Horse Show. She was such an integral part of certain calendar dates within the year. It's just strange not to see her there. Yeah. And I think that was lovely when she passed away and we were having photos released, personal photos. And there was that one with the grandkids and great grandkids. Yeah. It was just such a sweet photo. And it was like one of those moments where you for, you don't forget, but in a sense you do, that she was a grandmother. She was a gangan. Yeah. <laughs> she was somebody's mother, grandmother. They've lost a member of their family. And those posts and those social media posts were just so lovely because you really got the sense of they were grateful for her, not yeah. just as the queen, but as their beloved family member like you said they knew her intimately they knew her personality we never got we were never privy to that and that goes back to my last point about how hard that is to actually be the most public of people but the most private of people that is such a a conundrum and she just got it pitch perfect i also miss just seen her outfits do you know those <laughs> lovely different colored outfits every single time the hat that stands out you got a handbag it, she was iconic, like you mentioned, Rach, and there's just going to be nobody like her ever again. And lucky that we were able to even follow her engagements in the last two years. If we started this podcast now, it'd be very different, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. She was one of the foundations of the podcast from the beginning, wasn't she? Yeah. And it just so happens that only a few weeks into starting the podcast that Prince Philip passed away. Yeah. And then we saw her in St. George's Chapel on her own for a little bit before everyone started coming in for the service. She just looked so frail. She just lost her life partner. Her, the last two years of her life, maybe the last three years of her life, were probably the, like really tumultuous. She had COVID to deal with and bringing the Commonwealth through that. She also had the Prince Andrew scandal. Harry and Meghan leaving. There was so much going on. She had her illnesses. She was such a trooper. She really was. And 
she was a legend, really, wasn't she? <laughs> Absolute legends. Okay, so we've heard recently other people, the family members, their thoughts when they talk about the Queen. What does that bring up for you when you hear possibly like the Duchess of York talking about the Queen and the Corgis and meetings with her? And maybe when we see Charles and William, they talk about her in speeches. How does that make you feel? I think, again, it's just lovely because, as I said, she was their family member. And so it was just love. It's it's just lovely, but also I think they have to, in a way, in their roles, they respected her for what she had done for the nation. That really shines through in the speeches that we've heard from the king and from William. So there, there is that respect of her being the monarch, but she was also, like I said, a mother, a grandmother, and a gangan. Yeah, to them. Yeah. So it's just really nice to hear from them. Like little inside pieces of information that, as you said, we're not privy to normally. Yeah, and I think, to be honest, they would probably, if they didn't have a public-facing role, they probably would gush a little bit more about her and what she was all about. But they also really respected her as their monarch. And I think they would always never draw that line. For instance, I would love the Princess Royal just to give us some stories. Yeah. <laughs> some stories, you know. And I think that was really nice about the funeral is that we had the state funeral, but then they also had their private time as well, which yeah. the cameras wasn't on them. And so they could grieve in private. That's the whole point is they are they knew that they were on show for the whole world to see. Let's hold it in. Let's try and rein it in a bit. I mean, we saw Sophie and Edward crying at Westminster mm. Abbey. But I think once the cameras were off, that was it. It was a free-for-all. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Rach. It's personally for me, it depends what they're talking about and whether if it's in good taste. <laughs> I'm like, what are you saying? Oh, okay. But I love the fact that Andrew and Sarah have the corgis or doggies. I just, and they're always, they were such an integral part of the funeral, but also they have the spirit of the queen. I know that's silly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like if the corgis and the doggies are alive, then she's there. Well, the doggies and the corgis are just as iconic as what the queen is, because when you think of the queen, you automatically think of corgis. You think of a handbag. You know? yeah. We only have to remember those drones that we saw at the Platinum Jubilee celebrations. Yeah. A marmalade out- sandwich, horse exactly. racing. <laughs> yeah. So what are your lasting thoughts then? How do you think she'll be remembered? I said it before, Shell, Elizabeth the Great. Elizabeth the Great, steadfast, a constant in our lives and such a part of our national identity. Yeah. She was your favourite royal. She was my favourite royal. I cried when I saw her. I cried. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just the effect that she had on people. We saw her in a car. I didn't even see her up close. But it was just one of those moments where my emotions took over and I screamed like she was a pop star. And then I burst into tears. <laughs> I'm sure Royal Community might have seen the YouTube video, but we do have that. I'll pop that in the show notes as well. <laughs> but it was a special day because it was unplanned. We didn't realise we were going to see the Queen that day, but it meant even more, didn't it? Because it was like such a rush. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's what she had that effect on people. We can say we was at Buckingham Palace and we saw the Queen. How many people get to say that? Yeah, I know. I think she'll be remembered with respect. I think a lot of people, regardless of what generation they're in, obviously, the older you are, the more you would have had the Queen as your Queen or known her as the Queen, depending on where you are. But 
regardless of who you speak to, there's that level of respect because nobody can ever take away that dedication of service. Nobody can ever take away her steadfastness, like you mentioned, Rach. There are some qualities that she had that I think were so connected to being a good person and being an amazing role model, but also being an exemplary leader. People, dignitaries, prime ministers, government officials, you know, who you name it, when they were in the presence of the Queen, it was a big deal, regardless of who you were. And I think that speaks volumes. And I just wanted to end today's episode, Royal Community, with just giving you a little taster into her radio broadcast from South Africa on her 21st birthday speech. It was in 1947, and she was a young Princess Elizabeth. She said, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. She didn't know what life had in store for her what queen she would become, or how long she would reign over the Commonwealth. However, she honoured those words until her final breath, leaving behind a triumphant reign, a remarkable legacy, and an indelible print on all of our hearts. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Remember, next week, we are back to regular scheduling. We're going to chat all about the up and coming engagements for the working royal family. Come on over to Instagram, keep it up with the Windsor's pod and let us know what you've thought about this episode or any of the episodes during the summer series. We've had the rise and the fall of Marie Antoinette. We've also had the royal fashion episode and today's episode too. As Shell said, any of the YouTube videos that we've mentioned will be put in the description. But if you'd like to follow us over on YouTube, you can just search Keeping Up With The Windsors. And we'd love it if you would leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We will see you next week on Keeping Keep Up it With The Windsors. The Windsors.